Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in 10 to 15 minute episodes. I'll keep this intro short and sweet. With no area action last night, I'm joined by Terrence Oglesby from the Field of 68 Network for a breakdown of Dayton, Xavier, Cincinnati, and Kentucky. He was at the Battle for Atlantis last week down in the Bahamas and saw Dayton play in person, so I wanted to hear his perspective on what position the Flyers are in right now. We've heard a lot about Dayton's season. I wanted to go straight to the source. He does great work through the field of 68, which I highly recommend for college basketball fans. It's the network started by Rob Doster. They do nightly live YouTube content, and it's where Sean and Archie Miller were featured last season. John Fanta, Jeff Goodman, a lot of other big names are on that network consistently. Terrence played his college basketball for two seasons at Clemson before pursuing an international career. And now in the last two years, he's stepped into the broadcasting world. Let's kick it to T.O. T.O., thanks for joining me tonight on the Rebound Rundown. Let's get right into it. You were down in the Bahamas this past week, so you got a chance to see some pretty high-level basketball down there. And in particular... The Dayton Flyers were down there for the weekend, and they had a rough one. An 0-3 weekend for the Flyers. They blow a 23-point lead to BYU in their last game. Have a couple of big injuries. Uh, two of their best players go down with injuries, probably for the foreseeable future. Anthony Grant talked about that earlier today. Uh, so let's get your thoughts on the Flyers and where they sit right now and what you saw over the weekend. I saw a team with some athletes in the front court and some decent guards in the back court. Malachi Smith, uh, he he wasn't great. Uh, but that being said, you know just as well as I do, like he hasn't been in the fold. Like he's been healthy for a week, and then towards the end of the weekend, he ends up getting hurt again. It's not good. Yeah. Not good. Not good news at all. My man Mike, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, so I'm just gonna let you have it. But uh, oh, Mongolian Mike. Mongolian Mike Shira Jamps like yep. that dude he's a good player he's yeah. not a point guard and they were forced to play him at the point guard spot against BYU if those two guards don't get hurt they're probably one and two because I think they were up 15 to 18 points in that contest and it just no they were up up 23 at one yeah, point 32 to nine yeah they were up 23 at one point and they Deron Holmes is a nice player uh, he's getting some NBA hype I'm not completely sold there. I think he's a little bit limited. He's got really narrow hips. That scares me at the NBA level. But that being said, uh, he's an interior force at the A-10. Uh, I think he's a quality piece. Uh, 0-3 could have easily been 1-2. I don't think NC State was a bad matchup for them because they have older, really talented guards. Terquavia Smith is a dude. Like You want to talk about somebody who can go get one? He's a dude. Uh, Jarkel Joyner is kind of the perfect mix to go against somebody like a Malachi Smith, who's just coming back from injury, like a, a stocky five foot ten guard that's really quick and hounds the ball. He, he looked exhausted. That all being said, if those guards are healthy, I think Dayton is good enough to compete with anybody in the Atlantic 10. The problem is they're not. And Kobe Elvis, it looked like he was going to be out for a while, just based on the fall he took, which was right in front of me. I don't know exactly what he's been diagnosed with, 
but I know it didn't look good. Yeah. So, Anthony Grant said on the coaches show tonight that uh, both guys are out for the foreseeable future and that they're on crutches. And that's not news that Dayton fans want to hear. Yeah. Kobe, it looked like he hyperextended his leg. Uh, they're, they're back core uh, for that matter. Their entire team's really young. So, I mean, if you can hold guys together, you're going to be okay next year. I thought Kobe Elvis, when he was playing, was really good. He was the only guy who could really get anything going against Wisconsin. And he finally started hitting some shots, and they 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 were drawing some plays up. And for some reason, Malachi Smith was blind out of his left eye. He couldn't get him the ball at the top. But So, like, they have pieces. Uh, Tumani Kamara is a big athlete that can defend multiple guys. Deron Holmes is a good five-man at the Atlantic 10 level, and for that matter, could be a really good five-man at the – at a little bit higher of a level, but without guards in that league, you know, St. Louis, uh, you know, all these different places with high level dudes at the point guard, the two position, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough. Somebody's going to have to step up. And you take a look at their schedule. They don't really have a lot of high quality opponents waiting on the schedule. You have Virginia tech, who's pretty good, but you also have a Wyoming team that they were hoping was going to be good, but it has had a pretty mediocre to bad start to the season so now if you take a, a pulse check on the Dayton fan base it's about as bad as it could be I mean the sky is falling for for the Dayton fan base right now CEO I don't know if you uh if you're tuned into the flyer fan base at all but but uh I, when you see the injuries and you see the lack of high quality wins on the schedule after this tournament down in the Bahamas how much would you say uh, or, or how big of a reason would there be to be concerned about a team that was ranked to start the season and had NCAA tournament hopes? Well, they're going to have to win the league at this point, unless they're able to go to Blacksburg and win. And that is a tall task because Blacksburg, uh, the, the Virginia Tech's really good too. And they've got guys all over the court. And with guards, it, it's not anything Anthony Grant can do. Like, what are you going to do about injuries? You can't do anything. Like, it's just very unfortunate. Both his big dogs got hurt in the last five or six minutes of the game. What are you supposed to do? When it rains, it pours. You know, they, they were battling, battling, battling. BYU storms back, and then both guards go down, and Mongolian Mike has to run the one. So yeah. it's like, what are you supposed to do? Now, he's got a nice coaching. He's got a really good coaching staff there. I, I've worked – uh, with Andy Farrell. He was actually a, the video coordinator when I was at Clemson, so I have some relationships there. Anthony recruited me when he was an assistant at Florida. Like, I know that staff fairly well. There's not, I, I, there's nothing the staff can do. Now that staff has to learn how to adapt to this particular roster without a whole lot of guard play. And I, you're going to have to have some guys shift their mentalities a little bit. Mongolian Mike is going to have to give it up and then turn back into a score. Like, Amsel's going to have to, help out at the point guard position. So they're going to be huge. They're going to try out some lineups that are going to be huge. And yeah. that could be to their advantage. Slow it down a little bit, play some bully ball, crash those guys from the perimeter because they're going to be playing against much smaller guards in the Atlantic 10. You have to find ways to use that size to your advantage, but you also have to take care of the ball. I'm curious where they're going to go. I think it's going to be really tough. And at large bid at this point, I think it's going to be difficult. They're going to have to, they're going to have to win the A-10 tournament. All right, now let's take another look here at a, a Cincinnati area team that struggled a little bit in the uh, tournament they played in this weekend, and that's Xavier. They go one and two, but they lose to Duke and Gonzaga. Now, I tweeted after the game that, in my mind, the way that Xavier played, to me, when we're looking at 
this bracket in March. This is a team that will make the NCAA tournament just based on how I've seen them play, but they haven't been able to close the win. They couldn't close out Indiana. They couldn't complete the rally against Duke. They're up eight against Gonzaga with less than seven minutes left and can't close it out. You talked on the field of 68 last night about NCAA tournament hopes and how it relates to Xavier. So I'd like to have you reshare those a little bit here for my audience. <laughs> well, I was talking about reading your tweet. But it, oh, it well, your, did you really? Because well, It I, was your tweet, Paul, because I was uh, like, this is definitely a tournament team. I was like, I, hold on now, Cowboy. We got to figure out, like, you got to win some of those games. So I, it's not that they don't look like an NCAA tournament team. I l- Let me just be clear. I absolutely think they're an NCAA tournament team. But they also have to win these games. And I've had this argument. I talked to a couple of ACC assistants at the end of last year, an ACC team that I thought should have gone in. A lot of other people should have got in, didn't get in. The people making these decisions, it's very cut and dry. It's very black and white. It's very metrics-based. You have to win these games. They're not taking context into consideration. Like, you have to win these games. Yeah. Like, so, like, Florida, I don't think that's going to be a huge, like, a great win at the end of the season because Todd Golden's got some – he's got some things he's got to figure out down down in Gainesville. It's funny you say that about my tweet because when I was refreshing – It was yours. And when I was refreshing Twitter as we were taking off on the runway, that was one of the last tweets that I saw. And I just saw the headline. and I thought, I wonder if T.O. saw my tweet. And then I never got a chance to go back and watch it today. So that's funny. Oh, yeah. It was yours. It was yours. I was like, hold on. Like, you have to win these games. So so, close is close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. So now you have West Virginia and Cincinnati left at the high major level. Uh, in the non-conference before the Big East, but the Big East isn't looking like what it used to be either. So they're still in the top three of the Big East now. No, like they're it, talented enough to be in there. And the Big East is going to have three, four teams. I, I would venture to guess four teams in the Big East because I still but, think it's a quality league. Well, we're not talking about a six-bid you know, Big East this year. No, where, not. Where you're constantly looking at quad one after quad one after quad one that maybe we would have been talking about in years past. So now how much pressure does this start for Xavier put on them and what they have to figure out going forward? Kind of how I asked that Dayton question too. Yeah. Got to, got to beat Cincinnati. Uh, West Virginia has snuck around and figured out a way to be good with a bunch of guys that didn't average a whole lot of points. Like Joe Toussaint, the Iowa transfer, averaged, what, three points a game last year, and he has been terrific for Bob Huggins. Like, yeah. That's a team that's going to compete in the Big 12. And in my opinion, and it's not worth much, but people pay me <laughs> to share it, but like it, Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. That that league will have, out of the 10 teams, I would say seven. Seven to eight potential tournament teams. I mean, it, all 10 teams are in the top 51 at Kimpom. Riddle me that. Like, it's a, it's an absurdly good league. If you're able to beat West Virginia at home, that's great. I think they're capable of doing it because Trey Mitchell's very good, but you could throw bodies at him from Xavier. Jack Nungy's terrific. Fremantle is buying into what Sean Miller's teaching, and, like, it's going to help some things. Kobe Jones has been really good. And, I hey, I, I got on – the people got on me a little bit. Kobe Jones is a very good college player. I said, what does he do well? And I was asking, what does he do well? When I meant that was, from an NBA perspective, you have to have a skill, like one skill that stands out above the rest. He's a very, very, very good college player. But what is his thing that he excels at more than anything else? And it's not that he does everything bad. It's that he does everything good, but what sticks out, right? Yeah. Or else you're just a guy out there. 
He's a very good player, and, and Xavier has very good players. I think they're going to be fine defensively. They're not up to what Sean Miller used to have whenever he was there in the first administration, whenever he was there the yeah. first time, and then when he was at Arizona. Like, they're not that good defensively yet, but offensively they're scoring. I, I think they're going to be fine. You keep winning games in the in – the, in, you take care of West Virginia. That's a huge boost. Plus, it's at home, and the Centaurs like that is a madhouse. I haven't yeah. been in person. I need to get there. So we'll I get need you to get there. What do we got to do to get you there this year? I'll get I you there. Know. We got to figure out a plane ticket situation. Outside of that, I'm up there, baby. I'm up right. there. That's what I like to hear. I love it. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, all right, real quick, your uh, two more before we let you go. Cincinnati and Kentucky. Just a, a real quick overview of Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati, their non-conference schedule it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, and they go to Maui. They pick up the win over Louisville, but we all know what has happened to Louisville this year. So that's they don't a quad. That's a quad six win. <laughs> yeah, Louisville. yeah. Um, any any thoughts on Cincinnati and kind of where they sit right now? I like that they kept it in single digits against Arizona. And yeah. let's keep in mind they're in the American Conference. When they move up next season to the Big Twelve, like. Reality check. That all being said, I really like Wes Miller. I think he has the right type of personality for that program. Uh, I think he does a very good job. Now, all that being said, you also you got to win games. Uh, not a whole lot going on before you get to American Conference play. New Jersey Institute of Technology should win. Bryant is an underrated one. And I, I've gone around and, and I've tried to preach this gospel to people, Paul. I've tried to preach this gospel. Non-conference scheduling is so crucial because you schedule somebody like a Bryant, people don't think like that's a huge game, and, and the common fan doesn't know this, but that team is probably going to win their league. That's an NCAA tournament win. That stuff matters when it comes to Selection Sunday. If you're able to get that, like that's huge. It's tremendous. Like It's, it's great. Uh, John Newman's injured again. They have some other guys. Landers Nolly's a good player. He's bounced here, there, and everywhere. Um, Odia Guama has been – you know, I, I expected more out of him. What are they going to get from some of these guys? Yeah. Like there's talent there on that roster. Uh, Victor Lockin is a good player. I actually like him a lot. Soft touch around the rim can step out. No, he doesn't even step out. He could, he could you know, he, he gets most of his stuff done around the rim. He's got to be a better shooter though, because crunch time, you can't have somebody out there shooting 44% from free throw line. Yeah. Like who's going to be the guy out on the perimeter? Landers Nolly could be that guy, and Mike Adams Woods, in my opinion, I like that kid. I think he's a good player. Uh, they just have to have more, and it's going to take a little bit longer for them to gain their footing and get the type of talent that's needed to be successful playing at a program like Cincinnati. What have you liked out of Wes Miller that you've seen so far? I just like it. I've known Wes for a long time. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, he has the intensity and almost the, the psycho about him when it comes to like a head coach, uh, how he approaches his day-to-day, uh, how he changes things up defensively. Like he's not a one-trick pony, like we're going to guard them one certain way. I'm going to make you adapt to what I'm going to do. Yeah, That's what Wes, that's what Wes does so well. Uh, he got high-level guys at UNC Greensboro, but it took time. How much time is he going to have at – uh, Cincinnati, you know, this is not, it's what have you done for me lately type of situation yeah. in college athletics right now. Uh, that being said, I think he's the right guy for that job. Uh, it does take time though. And they've got a lot of seniors playing a lot of minutes. Uh, whenever that roster starts to, you know, recycle over and to get some new guys in there, I, I trust that he's going to get some players, um, especially out of high school that he can 
that he can groom a little bit into what he wants them to be. And that's high pressure defensively, really athletic attacking the rim. And they're going to have to have some guys shoot the shots from the perimeter as well. They're not a great shooting team. Sure. All right. Real quick, 60 seconds or less to you. Give me your thoughts on the Wildcats. Kentucky. Give it to me. Villanova. Which Wildcats? Oh, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. Hey, look, man, I'm a little confused at why we're asking for time with this Kentucky team. You explain to me why this team <laughs> deserves time. Calipari talks about we need to be patient with this crew. Why? <laughs> you get a, you get Severe Wheeler, who was third in the country in assists. You get my man Oscar Shibway, Nate Smith, National Player of the Year. You need to be good now. Quit fooling around, baby. It's time to be good. You are the Kentucky Wildcats. Calipari has set a standard with himself. He needs to perform. That team needs to perform. You get whooped by Michigan State and double OOT, that's fine. Outside of that, who are their big wins? They've played two quality opponents and lost to both. It's an issue. Kentucky needs to win games. You need to stop with the patient stuff. Kentucky fans are getting a little bit impatient as well. So I'm interested to see how that goes. They have the pieces. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense why there wouldn't be, you know, top five team, top 10 team in the country consistently. They have the pieces there. What are you going to do to put those pieces in the right spots? Last question for it, T.O., before I let you go. There's a there's an official Terry Oglesby, right? Yeah. How many tweets do you get in your inbox about that? How many I, conflicts? I, I did. I had one conflict and it hasn't been it hasn't been all that bad. But some dude, some Kentucky fan got on my Instagram of a picture of me doing a game. And he's like, well, you need to stick to this. Because your refereeing was horrendous, horror awful. I think he spelled it horror dash awful. It was terrific work. Uh, no, it, it doesn't happen that much. It's funny. I have an uncle named Terry too. So uh, no, I, I we try to stay we try to stay clear. I've never officiated a game, and I wouldn't be very good at it because my patience leaves a lot to be desired there as well. Oh, that's great. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Let's do this again soon sometime. This is great. Absolutely. Sorry if I get a little long-winded. My wife no. tells me that all the time. No, you're great. People love it. Appreciate it. Talk <laughs> Thanks, to you man. soon. Thanks again to T.O. for taking the time to join me last night. I have a feeling he'll be on again down the line. I did go back and listen to the segment on Sunday's Field of 68 After Dark show where he indirectly referenced my tweet about Xavier making the NCAA tournament this season. I think both things can be true. Xavier, without a doubt, has work to do to notch quality wins. Close losses don't count. But I was careful in the way I worded that tweet that Xavier would be an NCAA tournament team come March, and I think that's true. They're playing so well offensively that I firmly believe they'll be in the field and probably in the top three of the Big East when all is said and done. Miami is in action tonight at 7 against Jackson State at home, and Kentucky is at Rupp Arena at 7 against Bellarmine. The Wildcats are favored by 24.5. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. If you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a rating and a review. Have a great Tuesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.